The information and opinions expressed on this program are intended to address specific questions asked, situations described in the program or on the website, and topics of expressed interest. The information and or opinions are not designed to constitute advice, mental health diagnosis, and or specific life situations. You should not act or rely upon any information contained in these broadcasts or on the website without seeking the advice of a licensed mental health professional who has conducted a formal assessment or evaluation on you and has the requisite information needed to provide a more well-informed opinion. This includes but is not limited to licensed clinical social workers, licensed marriage and family therapists, licensed professional counselors, licensed mental health counselors, doctors of psychology, and psychiatrists. If you have any questions about the information or opinions expressed on the website or during this broadcast, please contact your licensed mental health professional. Welcome to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. The Wellness Enclave will explore emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The goal is to help you become a healthier and happier you through motivation, education, and innovation. And now, The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wellness Enclave, where emotional health and wellness is our top priority. Today, our topic, domestic dealing with domestic violence and child abuse during a pandemic. How do you deal with abuse when you are sheltered in place? We will have a very special calling guest, Ms. Stephanie Hughes, who is a licensed marriage family therapist. And we will be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Wellness Enclave. How are you doing today, Mr. Smith? You're doing. You can't hear him. He has some. He's he's shorter than me. He has a microphone <laughs> above his head. So that's my engineer. Anyway, are you are you on, Miss Hughes? How are you doing? Doing well. How are you this morning? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. I think for a third time. Uh, your knowledge yes. is always very much appreciated. Um, as you know, we're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with COVID-19, and although some of the states are lifting, slowly lifting some of the bans, um, 
this is Donna's opinion, not Dr. Sewell's opinion. This is not the last time that this is going to happen. So, so given that, and given that we still have, uh, we still are not, the ban is still not totally lifted. Um, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to talk about this. You know, we talk about, we joke about how to survive your spouse and kids when you're locked in with them all day. But some, for, for some people, this is not a joke. It's just not an inconvenience. Um, Mm -hmm. for what we've noticed is there, that there has been a spike in domestic violence. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, how do you cope or how do you deal with uh, domestic violence when you're sheltered in place? And then I want to talk a little bit about child abuse as well, because, as you know, that's probably spiked as well. But we don't have access to those statistics right now. So um, mm-hmm. can you provide me any any stats on how domestic violence has increased since uh, this particular pandemic, COVID-19? Well, um, currently, statistics are showing about a 50 percent increase uh, overall. Uh, state state by state, it differs a little bit, but when you average it out, it's about a 50% increase. Um, and over in China, it's uh, three times of an increase. Mm. Um, but I don't, uh, and this is Stephanie's opinion, not Stephanie LMFT. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but Stephanie, my opinion is also that I'm not sure if even those numbers are accurate because I don't think that people are readily reporting Mm -hmm. um, right now. I don't think that a lot of people even feel comfortable to report. And I think it's because they really don't feel like there are any resources that they could uh, go to. So they're not apt to, to report as much. Right. I, and, I, and I would be in agreement with that. And I and I was looking at some stats as well. And you're right. But piggybacking on the China piece, I saw that as well as a spike in France uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and Italy as well. So it seems like it's, it's universal. What are what mm-hmm. are what are some things that can can exacerbate or that can increase the risk for domestic violence during shelter in place? Well, I think, of course, now at this point, it's the time frame. It's how long we've had to shelter in place. Um, but I also think that it's the added responsibilities if people have children, uh, the added responsibilities of trying to manage homeschooling children, especially if you have children of different uh, age groups, mm. um, then the household chores that come with that, because if the family is in the home mm-hmm. more then you know, more things are apt to be out of place. Right. And so trying to keep that together and balance uh, work. And then on top of all of that, manage the information that we're getting about how to mm-hmm. stay safe, I think can be really overwhelming and cause a lot of pressure for people. Okay. Okay. And, that, and, and so what do you recommend for managing the, the, information um I, i'm just curious to know what 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 you're recommending for for that how, how does the person manage well um i've done a couple of different um presentations on it virtual presentations and in my opinion the first thing is we need to limit some of our screen time mm-hmm. i think information is good but if you're sitting in front of the tv or looking at social media more than five hours a day and just pumping yourself with information, statistics, and tragedy, I think that that is traumatizing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's a little overkill. So I think the first thing is to manage your screen time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the next thing is to seek resources that can help you to, to navigate 
how to better structure or find balance in this new way of living that we all are broaching. Also, it takes some, it takes a different skill set to be able to manage homeschooling children while simultaneously also working from home. Right, right. Um, That's a lot. And we say homeschool the children, but it's not even typical homeschooling. Uh, In the original homeschool model, there is a schedule that goes throughout the day, and usually the person that's homeschooling, that is their only responsibility for the day. But what we have is kind of spurts of being able to get in contact with uh, the child's teacher. Uh, I know, again, my husband's an educator, and so he only actually sees his class for one hour, four days a week. So what is a parent to do with all this other time and they have to go to work? So really looking into some resources that can help them to, to structure that. Uh, and if there aren't any children in the home, still, you know, there needs to be uh, some consideration for structure and some acknowledgement that um, the pandemic is not something that that most people have experienced in their mm-hmm. lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we have a real roadmap. We all are kind of making it up as we go. Right. Um but we have to factor in, and this probably is a whole nother show, but we have to, fa- <laughs> we have to factor in that uh, if you're experiencing the pandemic, you are experiencing some level of traumatic trauma. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so that plays into how you're going to be able to function during a typical day. So, again, as before, when you worked from home, you were able to kind of set your schedule and, you know, you're not interrupted and you mm-hmm. get all these wonderful things done and your productivity is great. But we have to factor in the thread of trauma, which can slow everything down. A- absolutely. Um, and I think yeah. after this, we're going to have to look at secondary traumatic stress as well. As, oh, um, yes. As well as, oh, PT- yeah. as well as PTSD. So let me yeah, ask you this. Yeah. What happens? What, what, what's your recommendation for individuals who are experiencing verbal abuse, emotional abuse, emotional abuse? Or maybe sometimes physical abuse, and this is the first time this has happened. So in other words, let's mm-hmm. say they've been in a relationship or been in the home with someone, let's say for, for some years, and they've never mm-hmm. seen anything happen. And then we haven't, and then what may be happening is all of these stressors that you're talking about, maybe some concerns about employment, you know, just whatever, mm-hmm. whatever other issues that are going on. So now they're mm-hmm. starting to see their partner become a little bit more uh, verbally aggressive. Or they're mm-hmm. saying negative things to them. And, and sometimes, you know, that can escalate to physical abuse. So if this is mm-hmm. the first time that you're seeing those things, what do you recommend? Let's say it hasn't even gotten to physical abuse and it may not get to mm-hmm. that point, but even the emotional and the verbal. And that's the first time you're seeing this with your partner. Like, what? how do you mm-hmm. handle that? I think the first thing is you have to acknowledge it. So many times when uh, things of this nature happen, we often start with minimalizing it Mm -hmm. or, you know, even just being in denial that it's actually happening. But I think um, when you're able to recognize it for what it is, verbal or, you know, emotional abuse Mm -hmm. or physical abuse, we have to go ahead and acknowledge that and then immediately seek out some resources that can be of assistance. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, on on the first 
instance that, you know, you try to call mm-hmm. 911, it might not be to that point. Mm-hmm. But I do think that wisdom is to acknowledge it and seek out some resources, whether that be talking to a very close friend that is able to hold the truth and confidence, mm-hmm. um, going to therapy, you know, virtual therapy mm-hmm. is now completely all the way. Right. Um, <laughs> but seeking out a resource where you can talk that through with someone who um, can be unbiased but supportive. And then together you guys navigate specifically what might be helpful in your situation. So how do I, how do I know if I am being um, verbally or emotionally uh, abused? How do I know if I'm a victim of that? What, what, what would be some signs and symptoms would you say, or are there any? Um, I think uh, the words that come to mind just off the top of my head are, you know, your your decision making has been limited or downplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, your voice in the home is being discounted. Uh, you're being called names that are completely inappropriate mm-hmm. um, and degrading. You are uh, being told or it's being suggested to you that you don't have liberties or freedoms in in the space uh example you know you're being told by your partner you better have dinner on the table at five o'clock no exceptions and if it doesn't happen then there's a major blow up that you know not okay um things of that nature anything i think that's really just out of your norm Mm -hmm. uh, and makes you feel disrespected, leaves you in a place where you feel um, belittled. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, that's a, that's a budding problem. Okay. Now, before I go to break, one of the things I wanted to ask you is what is, what about if you are a person who's generally pretty calm or you don't necessarily blow up, but you find yourself becoming more and more agitated or agitated quicker during the mm-hmm. shelter in place. Um, and, and generally what happens is, and, and you know this, whether it's shelter in place or not, generally our anger and agitation comes off, is projected on those that are closest to mm-hmm. us, un- unfortunately, most of the time. And mm-hmm. so and so with that, what happens if, if, if I'm dealing with a situation, if I'm dealing with whatever stressors I have, but it seems mm-hmm. as though I'm becoming more ag- agitated, aggravated, um, verbally aggressive with my significant other. So in other words, and, and, and I'm afraid that I may, it may escalate to something um, physical or, or emotional abuse. So what do mm-hmm. I need to do? What are some, what are some signs for me where I can say, you know what, this is not me. I need to find out what's going on. What are some things that, that will jump out? And then what are some things I can do to stop from becoming um, mm-hmm. an abuser or a perpetrator? Because I think that's happening with a lot of people as well. Well, I think the first thing, I think you kind of answered the first step, and okay. that's acknowledgement. Right. So, you know, you know yourself better than anybody, or you should. And so when you recognize that you're coming out of your, your normal character, mm-hmm. I think it's important that you are able to acknowledge that and take a step back and, again, seek out some resources. It doesn't have to go to therapy. Of course, I'm very pro-therapy. Right, right. But, um, you know, seeking out the, the, uh, the consoling of a friend, someone that you can, again, safely vent with and kind of navigate 
your agitation and by all means take a break from things you know if you find yourself agitated or you find yourself in an irritable state then that means you need to stop for a minute take you a a five break Mm -hmm. and kind of just do some self-reflection go outside listen to some music whatever type coping skills you might have had in place before this even transpired Mm -hmm. now is the time to really use them like they used to be kind of cliche but now that's going to be the saving grace to kind of help you navigate things and not take things to a terrible level okay what, would it be appropriate for me to talk to my to, to my significant other or to my partner uh, about it and say, hey, listen, am I, uh, you know, do you see anything different with me or would it be a, would it be appropriate to approach uh, that? I think that's a great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion to check in with your partner or family members. Um, that might be a good roundtable discussion for a family meeting, <laughs> just for everybody to right. go around and say, okay, what's your temperature kind of like right now? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, everyone, you're listening to Ms. Stephanie Hughes, licensed marriage family therapist. We are in the enclave discussing domestic violence and child abuse during the pandemic. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Once or twice Dug my way out Blood and fire Bad decisions That's alright Welcome to my silly life Mistreated This place misunderstood Miss no to the Wellness Enclave with our call-in guest, Ms. Stephanie Hughes. We are discussing coping strategies during the pandemic um, regarding domestic violence and child abuse. So, Ms. Hughes, I have, before we jump on or start talking about children a little bit, I have one or two more questions um, regarding adults. Um, okay. One of the things that I wanted to ask, and then we'll, because right now I think we only have like seven or eight minutes. So, this is what I wanted to ask you. If you are a person who had already been experiencing abuse prior to um, the pandemic or prior to COVID, and right now you're sheltered in place with your um, with with the your abuser, and you have children in the house, how you know? Because a lot of times when there's abuse going on between adults, the children don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you? And, and a lot of times, because you're the you're the victim, the abuse is not taken out on the kids as well. I've seen that happen. 
But how mm-hmm. do you begin? How do you protect your children in a situation like that when you're sheltered in place? Because that anger or aggression may eventually turn from you to to those mm-hmm. children. So, how, what do you recommend for that? I think at this point, um, you know, uh, the saying goes that you know people have lots of family secrets, and mm-hmm. so usually. Um, before the pandemic, you were kind of able to navigate that and kind of keep it silent. But I don't think that we're going to be able to do that anymore. So I think that, you know, you uh, you have no choice but to disclose because it, it definitely is witnessed throughout mm-hmm. the home. And so for children, I would say, you know, you have to keep them safe. So make sure that there's structure in place for the children so that that kind of reduces agitation or aggravation Mm -hmm. with the parent that might be uh, a perpetrator. But that you also have conversations with the children and just say, okay, you know, we, we have got to try to manage this and we'll manage this together. Uh, But, you know, and if it gets to a place where, you know, it can't be managed, then you have to seek out a resource. You have mm-hmm. to seek out some other type of shelter. You have to not be silent um, because I really believe it can be a matter of life and death. So um, as difficult as it might be, I would encourage uh, those who might be suffering in that way to exercise bravery and courage. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it will be easy, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely saying it will be worth it. Uh, because the life that you save might be your own. Right, right, right. And in many instances, is it appropriate to have a safety plan before you? Most I know sometimes you, I know sometimes you have to make that exit, but you know immediately. But you know, we talk not you and I, but I had someone on talking about domestic violence like last year sometime, and we were talking mm-hmm. about the safety plans because I know a mm-hmm. lot of times what will happen is. People will go to their friends or they'll go to, and I have nothing against uh, the church, but they'll go to the church. And, and a lot of times what will happen is the, the person that's in charge will say, well, you're going to have to leave. And they don't realize that this person is going to need a safety plan. You know, they're there beca- mm-hmm. because you can't just jump up and leave. Sometimes you have to. Um, so when is it appropriate? Like, even if you're in this situation, when is it appropriate mm-hmm. for you just, and we don't have to go into all the details, but when is it appropriate, do you think, to start thinking about even developing a safety plan? I think the minute that you're able to acknowledge that some abuse is transpiring, especially if it's on a physical level, I think that's the time to put a safety plan in place. And the safety plan needs to include, you know, basically the safe word. Because when you're using a safety plan, you don't have time to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. this is, it has to be quick. So, you know, you need to have a safety word. The word might be blue. Blue, we all know what that means. That means gather yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, put your shoes on and it's time to go. Get in the car, you know, whatever details of the plan are in place. When that word is said, Mm -hmm. everybody that um, is involved knows exactly where to go and what to do. Okay. All right. So we have about four minutes left. So were you able to find any statistics on child abuse? Because I know that's going to be kind of different since since COVID-19. No, I have not found any any, uh, actual statistics that... um, that for me were very valuable. Okay. Um, I know that it's happening though, just as a mental health provider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like we were saying earlier, I think people are not as apt to um, to disclose. Right. And I and too, um, and I know you and I had a side conversation as 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 well. One of the other issues is the teachers. A lot of times were the were the 
first responders, mm-hmm. so to speak, in terms of, you know, kind of kind of ringing the bell or, or an alert saying, hey, something mm-hmm. is going on or this child has some bruises or their behavior has, mm-hmm. has uh, changed dramatically. You know, right. and I think since, uh, you know, we don't have those teachers on the front line right now, um, I think that may, I guess, for lack of, that, that may be negatively impacting the stats or impacting the statistics mm-hmm. that we're getting. I guess my question to you would be this. Um, if I'm a neighbor, even though we're supposed to be doing the, the social distancing, but, you know, kids mm-hmm. will still go out and play. Maybe they see the kids out in the yard, in the backyard or something from the window. I don't know. But, um, but what are some signs or like you may even be in the store. What are some signs that uh, a child may be being abused during this time? What do you think? If you're just a person in passing, is there anything or any type of symptomatology mm-hmm. that you would recognize or is that's, that's just going to be very difficult? Um, I think that would be a, a little bit difficult, but mm-hmm. of course the blatant signs would be, you know, physical abuse in public or leaving children in cars, um, you know, for long periods of time, uh, even just leaving them outside, you know, with no supervision mm-hmm. to me would be a, a reason to raise an eyebrow and and maybe not don't try to investigate it yourself. Right. But definitely to reach out to some type of uh, entity and um, just let them know and then let them do the job of substantiating or not. So what if I'm a family member, let's say, and I'm not in the house, but, you know, we're doing the FaceTiming and all of that good stuff. What are some Uh things that I should because as a family member and if I'm a close family member, somebody that is familiar with the household, then there's probably some things that I will pick up on. So are there subtleties or anything like that 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 family member should be able to pick up on or? Um, I think that would vary from family to family, but mm-hmm. of course, the most pre- prevalent ones would be, you know, excessive uh, hollering or yelling, right. um, hitting, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes, you know, even inventing. Some family members will share, you know, some of the extensive measures that they're using for uh, punishment, and that's, of course, a reason for alarm, and definitely should should be addressed. Okay. Again, it's hard. Um, it requires a lot of bravery mm-hmm. and courage. Uh, and I think a level of integrity to be able to speak a, a truth that is not so pleasant. But it is necessary in this season because it really could save a life. So before we before we um, hang up or before you hang up, do you have any resources that you could provide or in, in, in addition to that, tell us where we can find you or we can reach you so that if anybody wants any assistance or help, um, they'll know where to find you. Okay, so my biggest resource that I, that I use and refer people to is called the National Network of Domestic Violence, and that's N-N-E-D. Or E-V, I mean, N-N-E-D-V. Okay. Can't get it out. Um, and then, of course, I am a, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm available virtually now. You can reach me on my website. It's www.stephaniehughes.com. And Stephanie is spelled with a F, not a P-H. Um, you can also reach me on social media, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's the same tag name. It's uh, at Steffi, S-T-E-F-I-E, sales, S-A. I-L-S. So that's Steffi Sales, and that's how you can reach me on social media. And I'd be glad to expound on resources that are specific to to your area. Um, there also is an entity 
uh, here in Georgia mm -hmm. that um, offers uh, a safe place for people to go to who are experiencing any form of abuse. It's the QT gas station. Mm -hmm. You can simply go in there oh, wow. and, uh, you know, say that you are in an abusive situation. They will put you in a safe place to call the authorities for you and make sure that you get to a shelter. And that's at any QT? service station that's at NQT. wow mm -hmm. okay that's great that's yeah. great information thank you miss hughes we do appreciate you as always you are a plethora of information so i i thank really appreciate i really appreciate that and as always for the people who are listening you've been listening to the wellness enclave where emotional health and wellness is our top priority and as always i hope you guys have a fantastic day and a happy and healthy week see you next time This has been the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell. Join us weekly and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We look forward to growing with you.